Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Next, next one you get. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Just no need for introductions. It's good to be here. And um, I, I love your pastor. I love Pastor Philip. Uh, I love him probably for many of the reasons why you love him, because he loves the Lord, because he loves you. Um, kind of a, a funny story. I had given him a call the other day, and me and my wife were actually walking through the mall. And when I was done with the call, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but I, I just said, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I hung up the phone, and my wife looked at me like, why, why did you say that? Like, I love you so much. Like, what are people thinking? You're walking with your wife and you're telling someone on the phone, I love you so much. But that's just, and I don't like say that to like just a bunch of dudes all the time. Like, but your pastor, how many of you agree? He's just a lovable guy. He's a lovable guy. Come on. You're blessed. You're blessed. And so because, because I love him so much, um, I know some of you, but I don't know most of you online, folks, good to see you as well. But because I love him so much, uh, I love you. I do. I, I love you. Um, Pastor Philip and I have, have prayed many prayers for you and for your church. And so it is a, a privilege to be here. And because I love your pastor, that means I love you. And because I love you, that means, um, man, I want to be faithful to say to you uh, what I believe God has put on my heart to say to you. And sometimes um, to the people you love, you give words of warning. Someone say amen. amen. When you love someone, you give them words of warning. And uh, like a parent who, who screams out at, at a child who, who might run out onto the street, you say, no, you say, stop. And the tone might be a little loud, maybe even a little harsh, but it's not because you're mad. It's because you love so deeply and, and you know danger is ahead. And so you do whatever you can to stop the danger from happening. And that's what I've come to do this morning, um, and so I just wanted to put that out there because the tone of this message is, is a warning tone. It's a warning tone, but I, I have to lay that groundwork. It's a warning tone that comes from a heart that, that loves you and has personally experienced the danger that I'm gonna be talking about, the effects of that danger, and so I believe on the screen we might have the title. Yes, the title of my message is Don't Do This. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't do this. You don't know what it is just yet, but I'm just telling you now what I'm about to talk about. Don't do this. Now, uh, before God called me out of this beautiful Bay Area, and I just got to say, for those of you, I mean, you, most of you, you live here in the Bay Area, you just, just... Don't take it for granted, because <laughs> you just don't know when God might call you to live all of the uh, 22 years of my life <laughs> in the Bay, just kidding, um, 38 years in the Bay Area, and uh, to be called to Vegas, the opportunity is wonderful, it's great, but uh, it is so hot, <laughs> like 115, 115, and then by 10 o'clock, it's 100. PM. It's 10 o'clock PM. It's a hundred. But then if it's like noon and it's only a hundred, I found myself saying, wow, it's only a hundred. It's crazy. Anyways, God called us out there before he did. Uh, the last teaching series that I preached at the movement was called worship in wisdom. And it was a teaching series through the book of the Psalms and the Proverbs. And as I was going through this teaching series, I came across this proverb in particular that gives the warning that I'm gonna talk about today. Proverbs 9, 7, and 8, it's just two scriptures, two passages. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But, but this warning, as I read it and taught it, I said to myself, I said, Lord, why didn't you show me this earlier? This could have saved me a lot of pain. 
And so I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to share some reasons why I hope we lean in today, pay attention today, give you an outline for the message, and we'll be on our way. And so here is the, what is heralded as the wisest man to have ever lived, Solomon, giving us wisdom. And though it is a, a, a passage from a long time ago, I believe it has modern day application. It reads, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer. Don't do this. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Do not reprove a scoffer. So this is a very targeted message today, a very specific message today. Some of you might be feeling like, ah, I'm going through this drama in my family, or I'm going through this situation at home, or some health situation. How does this apply to me? And I believe that God, through his spirit, can speak to all of us today um, through a passage like this. But I want to lay out a tension question. The question that I believe that this text answers um, that we'll answer today, and it's simply this. How can we avoid the abuse that so often can come from the people we give advice? Anyone ever been there before? You, under your best intentions, want to give someone advice about something you see in their life, in their marriage, in their parenting, in the friends that they're hanging out with, in how they're spending their money. And here you are, prayerful, you, you set the meeting up, you send the email, and, and instead of that word being received, you yourself get abused. You yourself get scolded. You yourself get hurt. Uh, am I talking to anyone today who's experienced anything like this before? Say amen. Okay. So in case you're not interested yet, I, I want to give you three burdens, three things that break my heart around this topic, three reasons why I hope you lean in. Number one, continually being hurt by people whom you are trying to love is painful. And um, my time at the Movement Church in Oakland, and it's not why I left, but, but I could tell you, in many ways, my time as the lead pastor who planted that church can be described and bookended by two experiences with scoffers. Less than two years into the time that we planted the church, I had a right-hand guy in ministry, my executive pastor, we planted the church together, and before we could celebrate our two-year anniversary with each other as a team, he did some things to, to hurt me, to sin against me, and he actually even came to me, and he, he confessed of those things. He said, I've, I've been undermining your leadership behind your back, and I confess to that. And, but when I laid out a plan for reconciliation, that he would repent of those things, and he, he scoffed. He scoffed to the point where he ended up quitting, leaving the church. Some people left with him less than two years into this tiny church plant in Oakland, California. My right-hand guy leaves, does it in a scoffing manner to the point where I need to see a counselor. There's so much pain and hurt there. I, I literally, for, for a couple years after that incident, questioning my own calling, it's painful. And then... We go through the experience of around eight years there at the movement, and then at the tail end, after I had already been called on to Las Vegas, as I'm finishing things up, I have another experience with a scoffer, and I got to tell you, at that point, I'm like, yep, I'm out of here. That's the confirmation I needed. But from personal experience, receiving abuse from people you love, it hurts. 
So we need to pay attention because I don't want you to get hurt in the same way I've been hurt. Here's a second burden. Continually trying to love others in ways that aren't wise is foolish. See, there's a part of this, what's the old saying? You know, um, first time, you know, make a mistake, well, shame on you. The next time something happens or we allow it to happen, shame on me. What is it that want in me that continues to walk through the door of trying to love people who I know aren't ready for my counsel? Wouldn't you say there's a foolishness on my part at some point if I keep walking through those doors to say, hey, this is how you need to improve or hey, God might be wanting to do this. Why do we keep going through? How many of you would say there might be some foolishness on our part? And so that's why I hope we pay attention. Third burden, I'll say it this way, because you might be thinking, ooh, man, ooh, I wish this person was here. Or you're thinking of a scoffer right now, right? Hopefully, you guys got a scoffer in your mind. But let me tell you my third burden. Being naive to how we can become and are scoffers is dangerous. We all have a little bit of a scoffer in us. And... Uh, This message today isn't going to only be a warning about not messing with scoffers, but it's going to be a warning about not becoming one yourself. The last burden, I don't have a slide for this, but I just thought about it. Um, There's already enough pain in the world going on. Someone say amen. Circumstances around us, in the world, politics, this virus and everything attached to it, your own personal issues that you're going through, health issues. My, my additional burden that I just want to lay on top of all of this is if there could be pain that we could avoid to not add on to all the other pain that we can't avoid, how many of you would say, like, let's avoid the pain that we can? Someone say Amen. Like if there's ways in which I could not get hurt in this lifetime that, that is actually dependent upon me, then, then I want to be aware of that. So here is the outline I have for today. Um, and I, I don't think we actually have the slide with the outline in its entirety, but let me just give it to you because I want to make sure you know. So the first question I'm going to ask and answer is what is a scoffer? We're going to all get on the same page of what is a scoffer? Oh, here we go. And then why are scoffers dangerous? Why are scoffers dangerous? The next thing is, how can I not be a scoffer? Now, I got to tell you, all this part's going to be pretty depressing, okay? Just just warning you up front. As I talk about why are scoffers dangerous, it's going to get pretty depressing there. How can I not be a scoffer? There's going to be some encouragement, but you're not going to like this. I'm just telling you, you're not going to like what the Bible has to say about not being a scoffer. But... I've just got to do it because of what scripture says. But then at the end, who can save us? Come on, somebody. I'm going to close with who can save us. Spoiler alert. It might, the name might start with the letter J, but it's going to be encouraging as we close. So starting with uh, what is a scoffer? What is a scoffer? And uh, the screens went out. It's okay. Um, Praise God, we've got backup, and they're booting it back up. Um, and my servant, Pastor Philip, is here. So the Lord's just always testing his character. <clears throat> okay, here we go. And, and here, look, look, look. And I'm, I'm not going to over-spiritualize this, but, but let's not let the technology and the... Uh, look, it's back already. Well, it's back for me. It'll be back for you in a little bit. But... Um, Let's not let this get in the way. So what is a scoffer? Proverbs 15, 12. If you've got your Bibles or your apps, like we're gonna be around a little bit. So right from the Proverbs, we have more. There it is. A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. A scoffer does not like to be reproved. So that right there should be a warning to all of us that we all have a scoffer in us because how many of you would say, I love to be corrected? I love when my wife checks me. I love when my husband says, you need to stop this. I love when my mama corrects me. No, none of us love correction. And so we all can have the tendency to be a scoffer. Now, Proverbs 21, 24 says it this way. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant. 
haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. So it's not just someone who doesn't like to be corrected. It's someone who doesn't like to be corrected specifically because of arrogance. I love uh, the way Ray Ortland He's a pastor and a shepherd, and he talks about what a scoffer is. He says it this way. A scoffer is anyone who never accepts correction. He thinks other people really need his opinions. He's easily offended. He's above other people. And if someone seems to threaten his superiority, he scoffs, he mocks, he mouths off, he denigrates. What does denigrate mean? Denigrate, I think maybe the young kids say they, they clap back. <laughs> they gotta say something back. They gotta put someone else down. Talk down to someone else. Ray Ortland says it so wisely and eloquently, but I'm a simple guy, so here's how I define a scoffer. One who regularly resists and rejects reproof and ridicules. So if you're here today, and whenever someone corrects you, you reject it, and then you go on to ridicule the person who was trying to correct you, you are a scoffer. I love you. (laughs) But if the shoe fits. Or this definition is bringing someone specific to your mind. Someone say amen. You're all thinking of that scoffer in your life. So that's the first question. Here we are moving right through the outline. What is a scoffer? There's your definition. Now, here's the next part of the outline. Why are scoffers dangerous? And this is where it's going to get depressing a little bit, so just hang on. Why are scoffers dangerous? Well, let's go back into the text. I want you to catch this. Why? are these people who ridicule and reject reproof dangerous. Let's look at the text. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. Did you hear that? When you correct someone who doesn't like to be corrected, you get abused. And he who proves, uh, reproves a wicked man incurs injury. When you try to correct someone who doesn't want to be corrected, you will get hurt. So do not reprove a scoffer, he will hate you. You will be hated. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Um, Saint Gregory, old school commentator on the scriptures. He has this to say in very eloquent words. Hang with me, it's a long quote. It generally happens that when they, the scoffer, cannot defend the evils that are being corrected in them, reproved in them, They are rendered worse from a feeling of shame and carry themselves so high in their defense of themselves that they take out bad points to urge against the life of the one doing the correcting, the reprover. And so they do not account themselves guilty because if they fasten guilty deeds upon the heads of others also. And when they're unable to find true ones, catch this. They make them up. They feign them that they may also themselves have things they may seem to rebuke with no inferior degree of justice. Scoffers not only will reject what you have to say, but they start to make stuff up about you. Once again, St. Gregory says it so well, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you four characteristics, a, a pathway of an experience with a scoffer. This is so that you can avoid it, so that you can discern it when it's happening to you. You can discern it when you're doing it. I'm going going to give you four very clear attributes of a scoffer. Man, if you're ready for these, if you're excited about this, say, I'm ready. Yeah, this is, isn't this such an encouraging, exciting thing to talk about this morning? Okay, It'll, it'll get better, I hope. Here we go. Number one, they reject your wisdom. We've talked about this already. They, they reject your wisdom. Someone tells you, look, like you're not eating healthy. <laughs> and I just gotta tell you, I'm a scoffer when it comes to talking about what I wanna put in my mouth and what I wanna eat, okay? I don't want you to tell me about McDonald's in the documentary you saw because 
The McChicken sandwich is God's gift to his people. Someone say amen. Nobody? Okay, it's just me. All right. Reject your wisdom. But here's the second part. They scrutinize your life. That's the process. They scrutinize your life. So it's like, it's like when my wife try, tries to or does reprove me as it relates to like the laundry, right? And like, I did your laundry, I folded your clothes. Can you just put them away? All the wives said amen. Or, or why can't the laundry just find the laundry basket like it's everywhere around it but not in it? And so my wife correcting me, reproving me, but then because I'm a scoffer, what do I do? I say, well, how about your clothes? <laughs> Fellas, say amen. Come on, help me out. Right? Like, like, you're trying to check me about my laundry, but your stuff is all over the place too. But that's what scoffers do. They turn the tables. I am a scoffer. Amen. Um, having a little fun, but how many of you have actually had, this happens in real life. And then it gets worse. Number three, they misrepresent your word. Man, I can't believe Pastor Philip told me about how my relationship with my girlfriend, he said the blah, blah, blah. And they misrepresent what the person who was doing the correcting actually said. Adds pain to the situation because, man, you're not even, that's not what I said. I didn't say it like that. I didn't come down on you like that. I, I did it lovingly, but you're saying, oh, but he judged me and what happened? I thought there's supposed to be grace. And you know, it's just like, no, no, that's not how I said. Has anyone here ever been misrepresented with what they've said before? So painful, like that's not what I said. Then last but not least, then they discredit your reputation. It's not enough to just not listen to what you say. It's not enough to turn it around on you. It's not enough to just misrepresent what you said to me. Now I've got to take you down. And how many of you would agree, like, this is social media. (laughs) Like, social media is a playground for scoffing. (laughs) So just a little aside here. Can I just, can I just... Don't try to correct people on social media. And some of you, some of you like, that's a word from the Lord for you. (laughs) Online people. (laughs) Have you ever been on Facebook, Instagram, any of these outlets, and someone gives the corrective thing, here's the YouTube video, everyone has a YouTube video for everything, here's the article, here's the blog post, here's the statistic, and have you ever seen up in the comments someone be like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Oh my God, I didn't see it that way before. Thank you for sharing that link. I watched all 28 minutes. Like that just doesn't happen. Can we get wiser about how we as believers interact on social media? It is a scoffing playground and you are signing up to be scoffed at, to be a scoffer. Anyways, that's just an aside. Okay. Now, do do those four things help anybody? Like just as some clues, here's to watch out for. Okay. But here's where it's going to get a little more depressing because now I'm going to lay out just why it's dangerous. I'm talking about why it's dangerous. Those four reasons are enough, but I'm going to give you, just if you're not convinced yet, uh, I'm going to give you seven more reasons, okay? Seven more, okay, and this is straight from the Bible. One, they lead others astray. I'm going to just lay them all out, and you can click through all of them. Just, just put them all up on the screen. Scoffers lead others astray. They're stupid. They're fools. They despise themselves. They will die, and they're inviting poverty and disgrace, Now, you might say, Ed, that's a little harsh. Okay, I'm just going to give you a a Bible verse from the Proverbs for each of these. And now let me just tell you, if the Proverbs give so much juice to scoffers, we should probably be paying attention to it. Okay, so how do you know they lead others astray? Well, Proverbs 10, 17 says this way. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Look, it's not just bad on you when you reject the loving counsel of pastors, friends, community group leaders. You actually are positioning yourself to lead others astray too. 
Parents, where do children learn to reject reproof? Now it's part of their sinful nature, some would say amen. But they're also watching you, dad. Dad, if you are rejecting the reproof of those around you, your kids see it. Mom, when you reject the reproof of your husband or a pastor or anyone, your kids see it. When you're talking back at the house, whoever, single folks, whatever it might be, and you're, you're rejecting reproof, people see it, and you can actually also lead others astray. Ed, okay, how about that stupid, that's strong language. Well, Proverbs 12, one says it this way. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof, a scoffer, is what? Stupid, stupid. And I did the Hebrew study. You go deep into the Hebrew Stupid means stupid, like that's deep teaching. Keep it going. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Proverbs 15, 33, uh, 32, whoever ignores uh, instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. What does that mean? If you don't listen to the wise counsel of pastors, friends, parents, small group leaders, it means you hate yourself. And we kind of think to ourselves, well, if you're trying to correct me about this and I protect, it's because I love myself. I don't want you to talk to me about my parenting. I don't want you to talk to me about my tone and, and my anger issue. Because I, I love myself too much. And what the scripture says is it makes it very clear when we reject reproof, it shows that we actually don't love ourselves as much as we think. There's severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. And in some ways, you know, this, this could be <clears throat> figurative language. You, you die on the inside because you're not growing in character. But come on, come on. In a room of this size, folks watching online, you all could probably think of someone who because they neglected to hear what someone was lovingly trying to tell them, they're not living anymore. They actually died. Last one here, Proverbs 15, 10. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Poverty and disgrace. Told you it was gonna be depressing. I wanna say at this point, it'd be one thing to be the pastor that comes up here and says, oh, you know, those scoffers, those sheep, they bit me and they're dangerous, which is true, but I just gotta tell you, I have brought poverty and disgrace on my family in my marriage because I have been a scoffer too. I don't say these things flippantly like, oh, scoffers are all these things and that's what the Bible says, don't be one. I say these things because I love you as a warning because in the early years of my marriage, working a, a good job with good benefits, and I believe that I'm this called man of God. And so without any wise counsel or in adverse to the wise counsel that was given me, ignoring the wise counsel that was given me, I quit my job. We don't have health insurance. I'm tinkering around on dreams while my wife is holding it down, working a job, and I'm just at the house, in the bed, on my laptop. God has a plan for my life, and I'm tinkering around. And I do not heed the counsel of the loving people around me. We got cars repossessed, credit destroyed, the pain in my household because my wife is bearing a weight that she was never called or meant to bear. I know the devastating consequences of not listening to wise counsel. Turn to your neighbor, say, don't be a scoffer. <laughs> don't be a scoffer. It's depressing in here. I know, it's tough. It's tough. All right, let's, we gotta finish. <laughs> How can I not be a scoffer? Are you guys ready for this part of the outline? How can I not? Okay, I'm sold, man. I'm sold. I don't wanna be a scoffer. I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna give you two things. 
I told you you weren't gonna like them, but this is the blueprint for not being a scoffer. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Just gotta keep the energy up. Here we go. Number one, love your rebuker. Love your rebuker. And that's just not Edward trying to give good advice. This is the text. Let's go back into the text. Whoever curses a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who proves a wicked man curses injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. What do wise men and women do? They love the people that rebuke them. Can you imagine this, husbands? Come on, husbands. Can you imagine just going home to this afternoon with your wife and, honey, I love you for rebuking me. Wives, can you imagine? I know you, wives, I know we don't deserve it, but I mean, it would be wives, it would be saying, husband, thank you so much for lovingly correcting me. Love your rebuker. It's what I miss most about the the, the friends here in Oakland and the church here in Oakland is, man, we had a tight group of folks who we corrected one another and we loved each other more because of it. I think about it's part of the reason why I love your pastor so much. Man, we're not afraid to give the hard word to one another, to ask the hard question. And specifically, like, and I just gotta say this, just, your pastor's not a scoffer. You have a senior leader who is not a scoffer. He has, for I don't know why, he has given me the invitation in his life to ask him hard questions and to say hard things. And I've said some hard things and, and, and he has loved me more because of it. He is, a, he is an example of this. And to have a senior leader who, who models this, and maybe you don't know this, but I just gotta tell you, in my relationship with him, we've had moments where I'm delivering a hard word. And he gives room for the Holy Spirit to speak and, and move in his life. But it's not enough to just love your rebuker. This is crazy. Number two, receive your rebuke as a gift. What? This is the upside down nature of the kingdom of God. Receive correction as a gift, like a birthday present, like Christmas. Oh my gosh. Where do I get this from? This is, once again, the text, Proverbs 25, 12. Look at all this info about scoffers in the Proverbs. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Has anyone, small group leader, pastor, you get correction and you're like, oh my gosh, that's like gold. But what if, what if here we have in the years and years of the wisdom of the scriptures, we have insight into how we can live our lives in such a way that honors God. It's to see the loving correction that comes our way like gold. Psalm 141.5 says it this way, let a righteous man strike me. What? These verses are in here, family. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. You guys know in this time, oil was representative of an anointing, of a blessing. And so to see rebuke as an anointing, a blessing. And, and I'm so thankful. I have this one buddy who back when I'm being a scoffer and I'm, I'm not providing for my household, this is a couple years into our marriage, he gives me a call one day and he goes, Ed, like, you need to go to work, bro. <laughs> like, you need to get a job. And this whole time, I'm just like, and this is a warning to some of you folks who just, well, God's called me, and and I'm bigger than this job, and I'm bigger than this opportunity, and my boss doesn't know the skills within me. Come on, any of you ever been there before? I should be making more. You don't know what God has told me in the quiet place. You don't know. You don't know the dreams I have, and that was the posture of my heart, and then he, he showed me this verse. And I didn't even know that verse existed. I grew up in the church and he showed me this verse. He said, 
if you do not provide for your household something to the effect of you are worse than an unbeliever. Any of you ever heard that passage before? And he shared that with me and by the grace of God, I allowed it to land on my heart. I didn't push back and say, you don't know me and you don't really know. And I'm, I, by the grace of God, I heard it. And I wonder today, what might, by the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, you should be disconnecting from sort of scoffer. Yes, we'll get into some application points in just a second. But what if there's a moment for you? What if there, I want you to think about what is the counsel that you've been receiving in your life? in regards to your anger, in regards to how you spend your money, in regards to how your relationships are, and you have been rejecting it, and maybe like God did for me so many years ago, I heard the correction. I received the correction. I, I, said, I said, whatever I gotta do, and I ended up going back to work at 24-hour fitness, selling fitness memberships. And this was like the, the job I had when me and my wife first got married. And here we are like five years later going back to the job, minimum wage plus commission on whatever memberships I sold. And no one's buying fitness memberships anymore. And, but I humbled myself. And I have to tell you, that humbling moment for me over 10 years ago now, 11 years pretty much, my life has not been the same because there was a moment in time where I, by the grace of God, received the correction that God was trying to get to me. I received it like a gift. My life has been forever changed. What might that be for you? One more biblical example of this. David, of David and Goliath fame. David of David and Goliath fame, a man after God's own heart. But he, this is the dude that from the rooftop sees a, a woman bathing, someone who's not his wife, calls her up, kills her husband through lies. A man after God's own heart. How can they say that about David when he committed these heinous sins. Well, there was a time when David interacted with a corrector, a rebuker. His name was Nathan, a prophet. And the prophet Nathan goes in and he tells a story of, of someone who's doing shady things to try to get David to see that he's the guy doing shady things. And finally, Nathan says, it's you, man. You're the guy. You're the shady sinner. And David in that moment says, yes, it is me. I am the one blowing it. I am the one messing up. What is it for you? I, yeah, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna address the way I eat. I don't wanna address the way I interact on social media. I don't wanna address how my politics overtake me. I don't wanna address the fears in my life. I don't wanna address... The fact that me and my wife is not healthy right now or the relationship I have with my kids or I don't want to address the unforgiveness I have. What is it that you are leaving unaddressed? God has brought people in your life to encourage you to do otherwise. And maybe you could be like David, a man after God's own heart, not because you were sinless, but because when your sin was made evident to you, you humbled yourself to say, yes, it's me, I repent, let's get it right. Here's some application points and we'll begin to shut this down. Number one, disconnect from that scoffer. Who is it? Who's that person in your life that you've gotta disconnect from because you've just incurred way too much injury by walking back through that door? And let me tell you, what is it about us that goes through the door over and over again? I, I got a Facebook update from, you know, the birthdays of people, and, and it was one of the scoffers in my past, his birthday, and I was about to text the dude to say, happy birthday, bro, whatever, whatever. But it was like, God was saying, what are you doing, Ed? <laughs> 
Don't, don't do that. But there's this like, I, I don't know. We feel like it's Christian, but I got to be kind, but I got to be nice. You, but you know what I really think is? I think it's an arrogance that we believe that if we don't say it, God can't get the message to them another way. Do you hear that, friends? Part of why we keep going in on scoffers is because we don't trust that the Holy Spirit of God can get the message to them in the way they really need to hear it. And so maybe as it relates to, now when I say disconnect from a scoffer, like if your husband or your wife is scoffing, like you can't leave the marriage, I'm not saying that. Like if your kids, because some of you have been thinking about that kid this whole time, like ah, that one kid, he's the scoffer. You can't disconnect, but maybe you could back off your reproving to allow room for the Holy Spirit to do the type of correction that only the Holy Spirit can do, Amen. Disconnect from a scoffer. Scoffer number two, keep rebuking those who love you. Keep your small group leaders who are here, leaders who are here, church leaders, parents. Man, that kid who receives your correction, keep correcting them. It's beneficial for them. So Phil, I just gotta tell you in front of your whole church family, I'm going to keep correcting you because you love it. Number three, repent for how you've scoffed. That's good. That's good. Good Today, we're gonna to sing a song in a moment. And I just wanna encourage you that you yourself, you repent. You see the ways in which you've stiff-armed the wisdom and love of God in your life. What do the scriptures say? God corrects those, disciplines those he what? He loves. He disciplines those he loves. Now, if I've got you right where I want you at this point in the message, um, you should be feeling pretty burdened. <laughs> you should be feeling like, oh, I gotta stop talking to that scoffer. You should be feeling, ah, I am this scoffer. And, and I hope there's some conviction of the Holy Spirit there. Not condemnation, but conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I want to, before I go, I want to give you real deal hope. I want to give you like real deal comfort. That we don't leave here today thinking primarily about the scoffer we need to stop messing with. We don't leave here thinking primarily about how we need to stop scoffing. Because let me tell you, the good news of Jesus Christ is not don't be a scoffer. That's not the gospel. Don't be a scoffer is wisdom for people who have received the gospel. But it's not the gospel. Do not be a scoffer, cannot save you. If you scoff less as you leave here today, that does not make you more right with God. It just makes you wise. But wisdom does not equate to salvation. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Who can save us? And I'm reminded of those moments at the cross. This is incredible. Let me just take you to Calvary. Jesus is hanging on the cross, carrying out the act of salvation that would would be a gift for us all. And I want you to look at, look what's happening as he is carrying out this act of salvation. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers, what? Scoffed at him. Jesus on the cross was being scoffed at, saying he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked, they also scoffed. Him coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of Jews, save yourself. This is our king giving his life. 
and while giving his life, being scoffed at. Here's what I want you to go home most with today, thinking about, final slide. Jesus Christ was being mocked by scoffers while accomplishing the work of salvation on the cross for scoffers. This is our Jesus. And so what does this mean? Forgiveness is here today, number one. Forgiveness is here. For any scoffing you've done against Pastor Philip, Pastor Roger, any of the team, small group leaders, and you've held them, man, there's forgiveness. If, if God, in the person of Jesus Christ, could forgive the scoffers while nails are through his wrists, wouldn't you say he could forgive us too? Someone say amen. You could be forgiven. But the gospel is so much better than forgiveness. In Christ, we don't only get forgiveness for how we've scoffed, but we get the gift of righteousness gifted to us. Jesus lived 33 and a half years of a sinless life. So that when you put your faith in Jesus, and I know many of you are believers in Jesus, right now, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you as the scoffer that you are. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that we might have the righteousness of God. So what does that mean? When God looks at you, he sees Jesus 33 and a half years of living a scoffless life. And and I love you, Inspired Church, but you got to get a little bit more excited about that. That's gift righteousness. You are already as righteous before God than you will ever be. In Christ, you are wearing the robe of his scoffless life. And finally, the gospel says we are given the Holy Spirit of God, which now the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the same power that allowed Jesus on the cross while he was being scoffed to say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The same spirit that's in Jesus lives in you, lives in me. So what does that mean? Now we can live our lives scoffing less in the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love, I love what I do. Because I preach a message of forgiveness. I preach a message of gift righteousness. And then I preach a message of power through the Spirit of God to live in a way that's more honoring to God. How many of you would say today, man, I'm thankful I'm a Jesus follower. I'm thankful for the gospel. This is beautiful. So I'm going to give you a chance to respond before we sing to Jesus. Jesus is the one who, who purchased that forgiveness, who earned our righteousness, who said, I've got to go so you can get the spirit. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I'm the scoffer. If you're here today and it's like, man, I need the courage to stop speaking to the scoffer. If you're here today and you've got wounds from a scoffer and you would say, man, I need healing from how scoffers have hurt me, whatever category of person. If you're here today and you say, you know what? This is for me. This was a warning for me because I'm either a scoffer or I've been messing with a scoffer. If you would say this message is for me and I want the Holy Spirit of God to lock this message in in a way that's supernatural, I just want you to stand. Those of you online, just put it in the comments. This message is for me because I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Then I'm going to pray for this house. Then we're going to sing to Jesus. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the humility of those who are standing. And God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would give them exactly what they need. If they need forgiveness for how they've scoffed against you, for how they've scoffed against leadership, for how they've scoffed against the authority figures that you've put in your life, Lord, give that forgiveness to them. Help them to feel your loving arms. Lord, if they need strength 
to walk away from a scoffer. To keep going back to try to help the person that's been abusing them because they're not ready for what you're trying to say to them. Lord, would you give them the strength? God, if they need to be healed from the ways in which they've been hurt, God, give them healing. Lord, if they need the power to forgive, give them forgiveness, God. And Lord, I just pray that for all time, I pray for this inspired church family, God, with everything in me, God, I pray with everything in me that this would be a house of humility. It already is a house of humility, Lord, but I pray for more humility in this place. That is a reflection of a humility before you because God, when we submit to those that you've placed in authority over our lives, it is ultimately a submission to you, Lord. So God, I pray that this house would be a safe place for people who are scoffers to be forgiven. Where when scoffing happens, Lord, that there's reconciliation where leadership can bring hard word into people's lives and and people respond and see it as a gift, God. Can we imagine a community of faith that is humble before one another as we're humble before you and what the watching world, what a testimony that would be. So God, I pray that you would just bless this house with a degree of humility that is otherworldly. Because that's who Jesus is humble, suffering servant. And so now, Lord, we, we want to sing to that Jesus. We want to allow the words we've just heard to turn into praise because you're worthy of our praise. We love you, Lord. We thank you for how you're meeting us in this place. Help us to finish this service well by responding in worship in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspired Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspired Churches through Instagram at Inspired Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspiredchurches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspiredchurches.com for more information.